Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Visitors and guests who are here with us today, as well as to everyone joining us by video and podcast. There is still free fruit available on the, um, from camp, available on the bench in the entryway. Please feel free to take as much as you would like. I've been asked to announce that there will be a special council meeting tomorrow, Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Please let Tom Iser know if you will be able to attend. I would like to extend my, my tremendous thanks and gratitude to all of you for the incredibly generous gift of the pastor's purse this year. Though we have faced tremendous challenges as a congregation for the past couple of years, mainly due to the ongoing pandemic, it has given me tremendous joy to be able to continue to serve as your pastor and I look forward to continuing to serve as your pastor to, um, and going with you, with all, of, with all of us together, to where God is leading us together in this coming year. Again, thank you all very much for your wonderful gift and for all of you being a great gift to me in so many ways in this past year. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O oh Lord, our maker, redeemer, and comforter. We are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake, amen.
your mercy, O Lord. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon the earth. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of Jesus Christ, who came to share our humanity and who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. For our children's sermon today, everyone recognize this? What is it? It's the, it's the phone charger. It's the phone charger from a couple weeks ago. Now, the reason I brought back the phone charger is to emphasize once again that it's always important for us to recharge, especially after this, after this Christmas weekend. I'm sure we're all really tired out. So it's important for us to find time, especially this coming week, to make sure we recharge, we re-energize, and we take care of ourselves. It's also important for us to keep recharging our spiritual batteries. To keep, recharging, to keep recharging our relationship with God and our spiritual energy as well. To make sure that we are always making time to spend with Jesus to recharge. But it's not enough just to recharge. In order to stay recharged, in order to stay re-energized, we have to stay connected. Stay connected to, every, to anything and everything that is keeping us energized. That means whatever we, whatever we do to take care of ourselves, we can't just do once in a while. We have, to, we have to find regular habits, regular things that help keep us energized, that help us take care of ourselves, and help keep us happy. Things that we can do on a regular basis to help stay connected and stay energized. And in the same way, being recharged isn't something that we do once in a great while. Being spiritually recharged isn't something that we do only once in a great while. It's something that we always have to keep constantly connected to. In order, in order to make sure that our batteries don't go out, and especially our spiritual batteries don't go out, we always have to stay plugged in. And that means stay connected to Jesus. There are certainly important ways that we can stay connected to Jesus, like reading the Bible every day, praying every day, just spending some quiet time, taking time out from our regular activities and everything else that keeps us busy every day. But again, the, the key is, every single day, 
we have to do something to help us stay connected. But one of the most important ways that we can stay connected and stay connected on a regular basis is keep coming to church. Of course, all of you are here, all of you are here today. All, all of you are here today because you want to stay connected. You want to stay connected to Jesus and you want to help stay connected to each other. Because one of the most important ways that we can help stay connected to Jesus is if we keep connected to each other. If we keep hanging out with each other on a regular basis, we keep encouraging each other, we keep, and, and basically we let each other know we're always there, just like Jesus is always there. And all of you who are watching this video or listening to the podcast, I encourage all of you in this coming year, stay connected, keep coming to worship, keep coming to church. If you are not able for any reason to make it to worship um, during any week, find time during the week to be able to stay connected to God. It's important for all of us, especially in this coming year, with all the challenges this new year is going to bring, to stay connected so that we can stay recharged, to stay connected to Jesus so we can stay, so we can stay spiritually recharged. Everybody repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus help, me to stay connected to you. help me to stay connected to you. Amen. The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 10 to 13. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in the distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will ransom Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord. The grain, the new wine and the oil, the young of the flocks and herds, they will be like a well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. Then maidens will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn this morning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. The second reading is from Hebrews 2, verses 10 to 18. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I, and the children of God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, 
that is, the devil, and freed those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Here ends the readings. Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter, beginning at the 41st verse. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. 
But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone have a good Christmas? One, wonderful. Well, and I'm glad to hear such an enthusiastic response, especially since we pretty much had three straight days of partying, practically. Did it? Well, and let me ask a uh, potentially loaded question. Did all of you get what you wanted for Christmas? Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so glad to hear it. And once again, I'm really glad to hear how enthusiastic all, all of you are. It's really easy to get stuck in a rut. It's really easy to basically want to stay in one place. Now, of course, one of, one of the wonderful things about the holiday season is that the, uh, the ruts that we tend to get stuck in are kind, of, um, are kind of broken up for a little bit. As we get to celebrate Christmas and the holidays with our families and friends, and as the monotony of life get, gets kind of broke up a little bit. But once the holidays are over, well, unfortunately, then we have to go back to life as we know it. We go back to getting stuck in a rut. But on the other hand, we probably might not think that getting stuck in a rut is a bad thing. Because getting stuck in a rut means that we, that, that we are able, we are always able to go back to what is familiar. The same old patterns, the same old habits, the same old way of doing things. And for us, this might not always be a bad thing because that means that we are able to go back to what is predictable, what is dependable, something that we can rely on to be the same again and again. The problem, though, is that getting stuck in a rut and being stuck in the, same way of do, in the same way of doing things over and over again might not always be the best thing for us. Those of you who have been stuck in a rut in a vehicle, and you, um, let, let, me, let me back up for a minute. Ima imagine that you, are, that you are stuck in a rut in a vehicle. Imagine that you are stuck in a ditch and you are trying to get yourself out. What's your first instinct? Nobody has ever gotten stuck? I worship all of you. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. What's your first instinct to try to get yourself unstuck? Hit the gas. But what happens after a while when you hit the gas? What's that? You get more stuck. And then, of course, you get, you get even more stuck the, try, the more you try to get yourself out of it, and then, um, and then what eventually happens? Well, 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 the tow truck and you call for help, but if you push the gas too much, what happens? The engine blows out. Very good. Yes, the problem with being stuck in a rut and doing things the same way over and over again is eventually you burn out. And, un and unfortunately, whether or not we realize it, we all, we all tend to fall into this trap of getting stuck in a rut 
getting stuck in a rut because we want to do the same things over and over again. We want to go back to what is dependable, but eventually we're going to burn out. And especially in any kind of relationship. This can be something that is detrimental, even dangerous to a relationship where we do the same things over and over again together because, because it's comfortable and it's dependable, but eventually we burn out. We burn ourselves out and we burn each other out. At one time, all of us were, were, were stuck in a particular rut, in a particular rut which we all universally shared called sin. Sin, sin is the biggest rut and the most dangerous rut of all because sin is not simply disobedience or a matter of breaking rules, but sin is separation from God. We all were stuck in the same habit, the same way of doing things, where we were all, where we were all stuck in ways that were keeping us from God. But the problem with being kept from God is that in doing so, we keep ourselves from God for eternity. And so the same pattern of sin, the same pattern of, of being separated from God had to be broken. But, it could, but we could not break it ourselves because the more we tried to break it, the worse we made it for ourselves. The more we tried to hit the gas to get out of the rut of sin, the deeper we got, the, the deeper and the more stuck we got. And so a tow truck had to come. I didn't forget you there, Ronnie. A tow, a, tow truck a tow truck had to come, and that tow truck was named Jesus. Jesus came precisely to get us out of sin. Jesus came precisely to rescue us from the rut in which we were stuck. Jesus came to, Jesus came to remove that separation from God. Jesus came, as it says in Hebrews, which, um, which Deborah read for us just a few moments ago, Jesus came to be a merciful and faithful high priest to make atonement for the sins of the people, to make atonement for all the sins which had separated us from God. And by dying on the cross, offering himself as a sacrifice, and then rising again, removing that separation, and getting us out of that rut. Now that we are out of that rut, now that we are out of that rut called sin, separating us from God, we are connected to Jesus. We remain inseparably connected to Jesus. There is nothing in this world that can break our connection with Jesus. Jesus even does whatever it takes to break that, or, 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 or I should say, to make sure that that connection with him is never broken. Jesus also does whatever it takes to make sure that we don't get stuck in that same rut, that same pattern, those same habits again. Jesus is always with us to guide us away from sin. Jesus is always with us to keep us away from temptation. Does that mean that we never sin? Of course not. We do sin. We do fall into temptation. But when we do, 
Jesus is right there to pull us out, to rescue us, to put us back on the road, so to speak, to get us out of the rut and put us back on the road, keeping us moving forward in the direction he wants us to go. To go back to the children's sermon, we are always to stay connected to Jesus because being connected to Jesus enables us to move forward. I will also admit, as I'm sure all of you will as well, that for the past couple years, it really does feel like we've been stuck in a rut. All we hear about is the coronavirus and, the, um, and, and, and all the ways, all the damage that the coronavirus has done to our society, to our economy, to our mental, to our mental and social well-being, to everything else. The coronavirus and all its effects have dominated the news and everything we hear. A lot of the things we were once able to do, we can no longer do. Or at least we can no longer do in the same way that we used to. A lot of the things that we once were able to depend on, we can no longer depend on. For example, we pray for all those who are going to be traveling this, week, this weekend and who hopefully are going to be coming home to make sure that they are able to make their flights and they are not affected by any cancellations. We hope, we hope and we pray that there is eventually going to be an end to everything, we're, to everything we're going through right now. But in the meantime, it really does feel like we're stuck in a rut. And all we're doing is we're just spinning our wheels. All we're doing is, all, all we're, doing is we're just basically living the same kind of day, day after day. In fact, part of the reason we're stuck in a rut is because we're living in fear. We're living in fear about, we're, about wondering what's going to happen next. What, what could possibly happen when we turn on, when we turn on the TV next? What's possibly, what, what bad news are we possibly going to have to face about, once again, the economy or anything else? What's going to happen? And we're afraid of what's going to happen. Whether or not we've been able to acknowledge it, we have been afraid. We have been living in absolute fear, even, even if, I may, if I may use such extreme language, we have been living in terror of what's going to happen next. And we're afraid to face the future. We're afraid to face what's going to happen. We might even be afraid to face tomorrow because we're wondering what disaster is going to come upon us. But brothers and sisters, we can't be stuck in this rut either. We're Christians. Well, of course we're Christians. But as Christians, we have, we, we have an even greater hope. We have a hope that's different from the rest of the world. We have a hope that's different from everyone else. We have a hope, we have a different kind of hope, because once again, we know to whom we are connected. We know, to, we know who is guiding us. We know who is leading us. We know who... We, we know who is always with us. We know who has pulled us out of the rut in the past and set us back on the road. And we know who is always going to be, who is always going to be there for us whenever we ask for help. And that's Jesus. Even in the face of fear, even in the face of terror and of being afraid, that's also our calling. 
Our calling is to let everyone else know and make it clear there is hope. Jesus is still with us. Jesus is still in charge. This rut that we're in right now isn't going to last forever. Even back in the days of the prophet Jeremiah, it looked like that things were going to, to remain the same and things were going to, um, and, and the people of Israel were going to be stuck in a rut, stuck in the same pattern of falling away from God, being delivered over to their enemies, then falling away from God again, eventually culminating in the exile. And people, and, and once they were in exile, wondering, is this our fate? Is this what we're destined to become? Is this what's going to happen to us? Is this what's going to happen for the rest of our lives and for the rest of our people? But here, Jerem here God speaking through Jeremiah says, no, that's not what's going to happen. You're not going to be stuck in the same rut. This isn't going to, to be what, what, what's, what's, going, what's going to be going on forever. God is going to change things. He's going to turn things around. He's going to rescue you. And so in Jeremiah 31, 13, God promises, I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. That's the same promise God makes to us today. The promise that even though we are still living in fear, fear of what's going to happen tomorrow, fear of what's going to happen in this coming year, fear of what's going to happen as a result of the coronavirus or anything else, even though we are living with fear and uncertainty right now, we can cling to these words, these words that say God is going to change things. God is going to come through. God is going to bring an end to our fear, our frustration, our sorrow, our depression, anything else we may be going through right now, anything personally or anything as a result of what's happening in the world around us, God is going to come through. God is going to comfort us. And he is going to give us joy instead of sorrow. But we have to stay connected. We have to stay connected to him. We have to keep relying on him. We have to keep depending on him. We have to keep praying. We have to stay connected in every way possible to him. But the wonderful thing is that the reason we celebrate Christmas is we celebrate that Jesus became one of us. He became Emmanuel, God with us. As it says in Hebrews 2.14, he too shared in their humanity. Jesus shares our experiences. Jesus shared our common human experiences with us so he understands us. So that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Even though we may, it may seem like we're in slavery right now, in slavery to fear because of the coronavirus, because of uncertainty about, about what's going to happen to us or anything else, know this, Jesus has already freed us. Jesus has already said, you are free. The power of the devil, the power of fear, the power of anything else you may be worried about or afraid of right now has no power over you. 
It no longer needs to have any control over you because its power has been broken. Jesus has already broken its power. He did this by becoming one of us. He did this by, be by becoming a human being just like us, yet also at the same time still being God, to share our experiences and to rescue us, to come to be with us, to come right down to our level, to come down into the ditch in, we in which we were stuck in a rut, and to pull us out to rescue us. This means that Jesus is the helper, always available, always accessible. At any given time, whenever we need help, Jesus is there for us. Jesus is there for us to provide us with any kind of help we need. He is especially there for us to help us whenever we have any kind of, whenever we are tempted to be afraid Whenever we are tempted to be, to, whenever we are tempted to despair and to give up hope, whenever we are tempted by anything else, anything else which would take us away from God, Hebrews 2.18 promises us, because he himself suffered when he is tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. We often forget Jesus was tempted just like we are. Jesus suffered just like we suffer. Jesus went through every kind of experience that we experience. And the reason he overcame all those temptations and all those sufferings was to bring us through our own temptations and sufferings, to fight our battles on our behalf. When, we're, when, when, we, want, when we want to say, I can't do this anymore, I give up, I can't fight this. Jesus comes to fight on our behalf. When we want to give up, Jesus encourages us by saying, don't give up, I'm on your side, I'm with you, I'm going to win this for you. Since we believe that Jesus is always with us, in this coming year, whatever we're facing, our prayer ought to be, Help me please Jesus. Help me please Jesus because I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the same habits, the same patterns, the same things that may seem comfortable, the same things that may seem dependable, but which are ultimately going to burn me out, to burn, to burn my family members out, to burn, to burn my friends out, to burn, to, to burn, to burn, um, to burn anything and everything else out. Help me, help me to overcome being stuck in a rut. Rescue me from all those things which are burning me out. Rescue me from all those things which are keeping me from living the life you want me to live. Rescue me from living the life of comfort and joy instead of sorrow that you want me to live. Rescue me Turn my mourning into gladness. Turn my fear into confidence and hope. Turn my terror into the confidence which comes from believing that you are with me. That you are with me, you are always with me every step of the way. Change my life. Change who I am. Change how I think and how I act. Change my habits.
change, change, change me from continuing to follow what I think is dependable, what I think is comfortable. Change me from being stuck in a rut. Help me, please, Jesus. And the more we ask Jesus for help, and the more we stay connected to him, the more we will be able to move forward. The more we will be able to move forward and go, where he, go with him where he is leading. So let us with confidence, with hope, stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. Let him rescue us from whatever ruts we are in. And let, him, and let us follow him as he enables us to move forward. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
Now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please feel free to place your offering in either one of the plates at the back of the sanctuary. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Joining our voices with the heavenly host and Christians throughout time and space, let us pray for the church, the world, and all in need. You come to us in gatherings of your church across the globe. Unite us with those who celebrate your birth, even when they are weighed down by grief, loss, poverty, or hunger. Lord, in your mercy. You come to us through relationships of many kinds, families, friendships, communities, and nations. Guide us in these relationships that we recognize the Christ child in one another and show your love to those most vulnerable. Lord, in your mercy. You come to us through people whom the world forgets. Poor shepherds and an imprisoned Paul announced your good news. Send your spirit to all who are imprisoned, struggling with addiction, unwell or in need or in any need this day, especially those whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, you come to us in acts of forgiveness. Open our hearts to forgive one another. Supply us with the wisdom to be clothed with love, binding all things together in perfect harmony. Lord, in your mercy, you come to us through those who have died yet live with you forever. And we give you thanks for all those we remember this day and this week who told the story of your love by their very lives. Help us to follow their example of faith as we live out our lives in faith toward you. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated until dismissed. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.